One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Midwestern Fatmily, have we got a treat for you. Want to ask a fatty IRL? Ready to see my impressive pin collection up close and personal? Then strap in because we are doing our very first live episode of She's All Fat. We'll be at Flyover Fest, a fashion, politics, and culture festival focused on inclusion and equal representation taking place in downtown Iowa City on April 27th and 28th. Check out the show notes for a link to where you can buy tickets. SAF listeners can get a discount by entering our code She's All Fat at Flyover at checkout. See you in Iowa. I want to control everything and want everything my way. What? Um, Did you know that? I'm Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat. The podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss Arthur the Aardvark, our mental health journeys, and wedding stress. April. Yes. What are you obsessed with this week? Okay. A couple things. Okay. First one was also our pump-up song, so I hope people are checking our pump-up songs every week. We got a hot song in there. Um, it is Shawn Mendes mm. put out a new song. It's called Lost in Japan. Okay. It's hot. We just okay. listened to it, obviously. Can't get you off my mind. Can't get you off my mind. Can't get you off my mind. Oh. I can feel the tension. We could cut it with a knife. I know it's more than just a friendship. I can hear you thinking right, yeah. I love Sean Mendes. I don't know if you know about him. He was a Vine star. You know how some of the Vine stars have, like, successfully parlayed in a real... Yeah, and some people are, like, a joke. He's one of the real good ones. Great. Voice of an angel. Um, he collaborates with Teddy Geiger. Teddy Geiger's, like, an incredible songwriter. And so all of Sean Mendes' songs are, like, real good. So I like this one. It's, like, a pop, jazzy kind of it's- thing. Does Teddy still go by Teddy? Is it- yeah, yeah, okay. Teddy. Teddy's transitioning, but still goes by Teddy. Cool. Teddy guy was amazing. Stand forever. Yeah, so check out Lost in Japan if you like pop, if you're a pop princess just like me. Other one is Teen Vogue this week did a piece on this new Instagram called Glossier Brown. It's like for women Whoa. of color who are into Glossier. I love, obviously, you know, we stand for Glossier. I struggle with knowing which products will show up on me because it's so, like, your skin to better sheer, but sometimes sheer will mean doesn't show up on, like, dark, Mm -hmm. dark skin. Um, So it's cool because it's people trying out different products and doing their cool looks with them, and they're all very beautiful, and I love it. So link in the show notes to Glossier Brown. Um, And finally, meme of the week is an old, oldie but goodie, Ben Affleck hardcore suffering. (laughs) There's just this photo of Ben Affleck standing outside with a cigarette just like suffering like there's no other word for it now that we've seen his apparently real tattoo Tattoo that he tried to lie and say was fake because we hurt his feelings Ben, Ben, are you okay? Tattoos take so long. He had so long to stop that. What a crisis. And it's fully colored. (laughs) Like, this is forever. But also, but my tweet, which I will link in the show notes, since it's now up for debate, was just to know in general about, like, overhearing white women talking about lean-in and stuff, which is, like... Okay, you didn't say overhearing in the tweet. I'm just saying. <laughs> so we, 
I'm not subtweeting you. And if I was subtweeting you, you would know that because it would reference something very specific. Yeah, they're very obvious when you subtweet exactly. me. I'm just like, just at me. Exactly. I know you're talking about me. Interesting how some people have dogs and cats. <laughs> like you'll know. Um, anyway, that's what that's what I'm obsessed with. Tell me what you're obsessed with this week. Okay, I've seen a couple other podcasts do this, or I guess I've heard a couple other podcasts <laughs> do this, but I want to do a like a watch with us. Oh yeah, um, thing. Cool. So for the first time ever, I'm watching Drag Race as it's happening. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode of season ten. Okay. So if anyone else is watching RuPaul's Drag Race, we got to come up with a good hashtag for it. You know, RuPaul's Fat Race Fat. Drag fatties watch drag. Fatties watch drag. Okay. Hashtag fatties watch drag. I will not forget when recently RuPaul got called out for like being bad about trans issues and then accidentally treated the <laughs> a train flag instead of a trans pride flag. We'll put a oh. link for, that explains this in the show notes for people who RuPaul don't know what this is talking about. Clearly, just googled just trains flag really met trans flag. Yeah. Pull, <laughs> why is there a flag for trains? <laughs> so yeah, we'll put a link. Okay, so number one, that's what I wanted to say. Number two, um, I have a couple tweets that I wanted to share. All right. Number one is this tweet that made me laugh a lot this week. It says, this is the only person using Twitter correctly. And then it's a screenshot of someone whose um, display name is Buford Montessori. All right. Interesting, because we (laughs) talked about Montessori schools. Um, It has, like, a picture of, like, an old white man painting, basically. And then... Their at is person respecter. Their location is Moscow, Russia. They're following 69 people. And then their (laughs) bio is you follow me equals I block you. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And every person that follows them, they just block them. That was one thing. I was like, that is the only way to use this yeah. website. <laughs> Do not follow me. Okay. The second thing is just, it's a meme from Ladybird. where as if you've seen the trailer for Ladybird, you know, there's a part in Ladybird where the mom is talking to the daughter and the daughter gets annoyed and just like opens the door and flings herself out of the car, like really self-righteously. Yes. It's just like, I'm done with this. That's the whole movie. <laughs> and like people have been tweeting it with like annoying situations or something. And Dana Schwartz tweeted it with when I'm on a date and the guy starts talking about Bitcoin. Yep. Open that door. <laughs> Just open and throw yourself out. You gotta escape. Um, and then finally, my favorite meme this week has been Marvel apparently did a press release where they said the upcoming movie, Avengers Infinity War, is the most ambitious crossover event in history. And people have been taking that quote and then putting like old crossover TV events underneath it and like making jokes about it. (laughs) Um, And I've really enjoyed those because it's so like self-referential of like millennial like childhood basically. Mm -hmm. Like I just like recognition memes, I guess. I'm a sucker. No, I like the same way. I guess it's about nostalgia. I remember like like, I remember when Hannah Montana went on the sweet life of Zach and Cody boat. Exactly. (laughs) I do. So here's, I have three iterations of this tweet that are like, explain the meme. Okay. Okay. The first one is... Marvel, colon, quote, Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover event in history. And then me, a picture of the Windows 95 video guide and Jennifer Aniston and <laughs> what's his name, who played uh, Chandler from Friends are on the uh, front. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's just like the idea of a Windows 95 video guide being a crossover with Friends <laughs> is really funny to me. Okay. Here's when jokes, like when memes get 
sent into outer space. Okay. <laughs> then, like, celebrities aren't really allowed to tweet memes. It has to be the lay people. Okay. You know yes, what I mean? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so Paris Hilton did one. Ooh. She said, Marvel, Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover event in history. Me. And then she posted that, like, old paparazzi picture of her in the front seat of a car mm-hmm. with <laughs> Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears. Yes. Oh, my God. That's her crossover. <laughs> Wait, let me see. That's her crossover event. That's amazing. Okay, which is cheating, but also I did retweet it. Okay, and then my friend Manal, who was on private, so we can't link to this tweet, but she did one where I'm going to play the video for you. What are you doing? You have to stop listening to this rot. It's destroying your brain. Rot? Are you talking about the Backstreet Boys? The ones who are coming to town in four weeks, six days, and 57 minutes? This is a video of when apparently Backstreet Boys guested <laughs> on <laughs> Arthur, like the kids' show <laughs> about an aardvark, oh and they like made animated animal, like weird animal versions version, of, <laughs> version of Backstreet Boys. It's incredible. Okay, so that's what I'm obsessed with. Let's move that. on to something we're mutually obsessed with. Yes. Which is, I'll go. I'll go. So this, the like official subtitle or whatever of Algo is an accessibility app for plus size people. Basically, it's a review platform for users to rate the comfort and accessibility of places from restaurants to theaters and gyms to airlines. It's something that it's an idea that I've seen people talk about all the time. Yes. They're like, man, I wish that this like theater had a like a Yelp for fat, fat people. Yelp. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Just like, can I? Can we all go? Can yeah. I go there and be comfortable exactly. the same way you would? Because there's so many times I want to go to a theater or something, and I just am like nervous the yes. whole time. Mm-hmm. If like my butt's gonna fit into the yep. seat. Mm-hmm. Their Kickstarter, we're going to link in the show notes, and we're gonna be like tweeting and posting about it a little bit more on our socials because this is like something that has been made by fat people for fat people, and it's just like a really cool idea. It's something that we're really supportive of, and we would really love if any of our listeners have any extra money or even just if you can't um, donate, but you could like retreat or ask friends or something to donate um, so that they can get the tech aspects of it off the ground, I believe is like their big push right now. We love Algo. We love Rebecca. We love them. Full disclosure, of course, they did make a donation to our Patreon this week because in Rebecca's words, she just loves the podcast so much. But regardless, we would be obsessed with Algo even if she didn't donate. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it before. We're just excited this is happening. Yeah, it's really cool. And we're really proud to be like mutual support supporters honestly we're very pumped for that we love algo we'll put all the links in the show notes please uh donate to algo okay so we are going to be adding a new corner this is maria's corner another corner (laughs) (laughs) so as you all know maria wortel is our incredible iconic she's a a beautiful creative just like every good thing puts up with our bullshit because we're full of it she's honest Honest. and caring (laughs) love it um, she is our audio editor and mixer and producer. I still don't know the difference between those terms. But she does and but she, she doesn't. Does. And thank you. <laughs> uh, we literally, April and I, when we were searching for someone to do these jobs, we like made a list of what we would really want. And we talk all the time about how Maria literally is like the answer to our dreams and prayers. We didn't even know it was possible. We're like, <laughs> someone that understands the podcast could make it better. And I don't know, knows where the plugs go. And we love her. And like, she's so nice. Yeah. So she did it. We really wanted to share 
showcase Maria a little more because like her job is one of those jobs where you kind of mostly notice it if it's bad. Yes, you know? exactly. If you think the podcast sounds consistently good, she's That's doing a great Maria. job. So Maria has a life outside of just like making us sound less shitty. <laughs> and that is that she also like really loves film and art and all sorts of stuff. And so we are going to have a little space for her in this like pre meet of it time of the show yes. where Maria gets to recommend um specifically I think body posy movies or like upcoming movies that she thinks would be like interesting for people to watch and talk about. Can't so, wait. I know I'm pumped. You guys oh Maria's gosh. voice where you're gonna hear her beautiful little voice. Oh it's gonna be amazing. All right so <sighs> ladies, gentlemen and the gender nonconforming, welcome Maria Ortel. <laughs> Hi everyone. Um this feels really weird because I'm usually not on this side of things. But anyways, I just wanted to pop in really quickly to tell you guys that this week I recommend none other than the movie Coco. Now, if you're thinking that's a kid's movie, it most definitely is not. And I was definitely in tears for like 90% of the movie. So the reason I actually wanted to recommend it was because I actually found that there was good representation of different kinds of bodies. And that was really refreshing. It's not perfect and it's not great representation. Like all the main characters are definitely like straight sized, but it's better than a lot. And, you know, it just won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature, which is pretty good. And, you know, like I said, it was an amazing movie in terms of the subject matter, and it made me cry. And I'm not saying that I want you all to cry, but you should definitely watch it and maybe have yourself a good cry because, you know, I think that's pretty healthy. Anyway, back to Sophie and April. Thank you so much, Maria. That was incredible. <laughs> we haven't heard it We yet. haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it was so good. I'm so pumped for people to hear your little voice. Okay, let's move on to our review shout-outs. Thank you guys so much for writing reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. One day we will get to new and noteworthy along with other not new shows. And we, yeah, we appreciate it. You know the drill. Okay, so here's some reviewer shout-outs. Sis Uggs. Tracy Food, Anika Elizabeth, Ashlyn Patrice, Rachel Merkel, AZ underscore Tora, and Sherry AV. Thank you all. I almost did it again. I almost <laughs> fucking did it again. Someone keep a tally how many times we break our own rule in the episode. I know you're going to do it anyway. It's fine. Thank you all so much for writing those reviews. We really appreciate it. Um, write a review on Apple Podcasts to get your own shout out right here on the pod next week or when we get through the list to your name it's a long list all right and now it's time for our patreon shout outs we got carly silverman kate sitka margaret shank carrie price maria guido and daily marone thank y'all so much thank you so much for being part of our patreon if you want to help support us you can become a member of our patreon and get all sorts of rewards and all that info is in the show notes okay Corrections and news. Someone in our Patreon Facebook group, which you also can be a part of if you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moo or above, this person, Deborah, um, did a lot of detailed research for us on this book that we recommended, which is called Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat with Diabetes. But apparently the first edition of this book has some, it's not like haze friendly, it has some diet language in it. Mm. Um, and so she did like a really long 
dive into like all the things that are in the first edition. Um, and what I'm going to also link to is what she found later in her research, which is that in the second edition, the author apparently like recognized some of that diet language and took a bunch of it out. So I just want to read a little bit of this blog post from the author. What I discovered was how many subtle weight-related messages had slipped through and needed to be removed or modified. It's not that I promoted weight loss, but the ubiquitous weight focus in our society was present in my words, and at the time, I couldn't see it. As I reread the material through my current lens, I experienced feelings of confusion, embarrassment, regret, guilt, and even shame. They talk about like changes that they made, so here's one example. The before version is, think of someone who stays within her natural weight range. The after version is think of someone who manages her eating effortlessly. So, yeah. So she went through and like tried to change a bunch of stuff. So she says, but from where I sit now, my before versions reinforced our culture's focus on weight, a focus I believe is feeding disordered eating, eating disorders, shame, guilt, and less health, not more. So she really like owns it. Mm -hmm. So again, Deborah, uh, the person who like gave us this information did not read the second edition. So can't totally vouch for it, but just a heads up. If you want to go out and get that book that we wrecked without knowing anything about it, (laughs) um, it does have some diet messages in the first edition. So be sure to pick up the second edition and please let us know if you've read either edition, what you think of it. Also something cool that we learned today is that someone in our Facebook group is the, used to work at Torrid, I think, and is responsible for them having fans in their changing rooms. Which is the most incredible thing. <laughs> if you've ever been sweaty and put on jeans. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. So our Facebook Shouts. group is pretty cool. It's lit. Okay. All right. That's it. We should really get to the meat of it, don't you think? Let's do it. The meat of it. This week on The Meat of It, we're talking about our mental health histories, experiences with therapy, and etc. Yeah, so we just kind of wanted to do a little bit of a lighter ep, because we've had some... About mental health. Mental, <laughs> mental health. I mean, we've had like a couple of ranty eps recently. Those are super important. We've talked about some cool stuff. But one thing that I love doing is talking about mental health, talking about mental health resources and our histories and experiences with it, because I think like talking about weight... It's often a topic that's like really covered in a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. People get embarrassed about it or people who don't have it but have a friend who has like mental health issues like get awkward talking about it. And I just find such validation in talking about mental health stuff with people who have like similar or related experiences. So we wanted to kind of talk about our like do a little intro to our own like ideas and histories with mental health stuff and then talk about how it like interrelates with fatness and weight and stuff. Totally. And it's just our, our first time talking about this, but we're going to expand more in future episodes. Yeah. Just dipping our, dipping our toes in. Dipping our toes in. Yeah. Okay. So personal histories. So I'll start. I am diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, which I feel like everyone in their 20s is (laughs) like people are always talking about it which I guess makes me feel better and that it's kind of like a lot of people are dealing with it but I didn't know for a long time so I grew up with like a lot of stigma and shame attached to going to therapy and I always was kind of like like not so much serious but just kind of like stressed out child and also like I was super anxious and super perfectionistic and kind of just like really obsessed with control which I still Mm -hmm. struggle with (laughs) I want to control everything I want everything my way what um, did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing. I'm growing. Okay, so, I mean, people, my favorite thing is when April tells me how good I am for her. Because <laughs> she can't control me. 
I love it. Listen, it's true though. <laughs> I'm being stretched. No. I'm being stretched on a daily yeah. basis. I'm so sorry. We're all growing. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I'm diagnosed with anxiety. I might. I might have other things. We'll find out later in life. But that's where I'm right now. And so I first went to therapy after college, kind of when I moved to LA and was going to start my life as an adult. I was like, you know what, April. It's time. (laughs) So I decided to go and was very, like, you know, skeptical about the whole process. But figured for me it was just kind of like it wasn't a question of if I ever needed to go to therapy. It was just a question of, like, when I was going to be ready. Because I always needed to go. Like, I should have been in therapy at, like, five years old, that kind of person. (laughs) But I always needed to go. But I just wasn't ready. And so there was lots of issues growing up that I just tried to deal with with, like, you know, control and trying to be perfect. and, and, And mental health issues run in my family. I've had some family members. I mean, it's hard because... My family's Liberian. We don't. We didn't grow up in like you know Western culture, so no sure. one knows what things are called. But like I've heard stories where it's like that sounds like schizophrenia, perhaps. Yeah. Like there's definitely a lot of that. Lots of people had different issues and very much like brushed under, uh-huh. not really dealt with directly. Yeah. And so I'm like, I think I'm one of the first people in my family to be like, no, I'm gonna go to therapy and get yeah. a diagnosis, and not just be like, oh, Aunt Brenda, she <laughs> is always hearing screams. Oh my gosh. Like we have lots of stuff like that. Oh my gosh. And so um, I didn't want to continue that pattern of not dealing with your shit. Yeah. Which was super hard, but. I, for, for me, it felt like another thing of being an adult. I was like, I'm going to learn how my taxes work, and I'm going to go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like the same kind of pool, oh sort of. Oh, my gosh. So it's a little bit of my history. Um, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Tell us what you're diagnosed with. Oh, my gosh. So many <laughs> Let's things. Let's get into honestly. it. Honestly, I think I touched on these a little bit in the doctor's episode, but I also have anxiety. I've had clinical depression in the past. I have ADD. I also have misophonia, which is like uh, when different noise, like essentially it's an audio processing disorder where like certain noises make me like, like I cannot not focus on them. Mm -hmm. Like I think it seems to dovetail with my ADD a lot, which also seems to dovetail with my anxiety a lot. Like they just all are all self-recursive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like hard to separate. But I only figured out that I have ADD like last year. Which was wild because I've had it forever, Yeah, but um, I did a lot of reading about it, and apparently, like, a lot of, especially, like, smart girls don't get diagnosed until they're fully adults because if you're smart, you can kind of, like, push around a lot of ADD uh, symptoms, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I did really well in school. A lot of people get diagnosed with ADD because they do badly in school, and then people are like, oh, what's the issue here? And then it's like, oh, they can't focus because blah. Like, I also had trouble focusing. A lot of schoolwork was very easy for me, and so it didn't require the amount of focus, Mm -hmm. you know? Also, like... Just the way that anxiety kind of, it ends up outing in a lot of physical things for me. Like it interacts with my stomach stuff a lot. When I was like in high school, a lot of times I had a lot of stomach issues, which now I know were partly like just all the GI stuff. I have insensitivities, but also I was told they were psychosomatic, meaning Mm -hmm. like I was causing them with my anxiety. Oh, great. Which... Could be partly true, but also that still meant, like, that still felt real. It's still real. Like, it still makes your stomach hurt. It's just a weird way to phrase it as, like, your fault if you could calm down, maybe. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I've got that, too. Also, um, I have night terrors, which is just an anxiety thing as well, and I talked about that before. The sound of it is out of this world. You do not have to apologize, but truly, I've never heard a scream like that in my life. (laughs) Victor says I should apply to re-record the Wilhelm scream. Literally. Like, literally. (laughs) 
I won't recreate it because this is a podcast, but just imagine the worst scream you've ever heard and then two steps beyond that. Well, I think there's someone there to murder me. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It's just, oh, on the other side, I was like, yeah. wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, what did your like symptoms look like as a kid? Like how did oh. like when you know how when you look back you're like oh that's what that was uh-huh. yeah I want I kind of want to hear more about that like I realized fairly recently like in the last couple of years that not all kids did this thing where I used to like tap my fingers in patterns to okay. to like have something to focus on mm, interesting <laughs> like okay. you didn't do that right. Well, I, I had my own patterns too, but not about focus, just about control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had like, so I had like patterns I would tap my fingers in. I had, I like used to have to have a parent sit with me until I fell asleep or else I would have night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my anxiety manifested physically. Like for example, I got shingles when I was like mm-hmm. six, wow. which is not something kids are no. supposed to get. <laughs> I like was just kind of sick to my stomach all the time. Again, that's like a either or yeah. like cart horse kind of thing. Uh, a lot of my anxiety and like lack of control of what was happening in my family. My parents like went through a really harsh divorce, but lack of control around that, um, really led to a lot of my like emotional eating and then like disordered eating essentially. Like a lot of other things led to it obviously, but like that was definitely a big part of it. Like not knowing how to manage those feelings or like just being a kid and having trouble managing those feelings. Totally. What about you? So it just, for me, it just came as being really aggressively independent. Like there was a story where I was two and I was waiting for my mom to make like a bottle for me, but I used to put like hot, hot chocolate mix in my bottles as a kid. Mm-hmm. Cause like chubby yeah. <laughs> and she was taking forever. And so she came to the kitchen and I was making it myself and I was like testing the milk on my oh own my hand God. to see if it was hot enough for the baby. But like, I'm the baby. Oh my God. <laughs> and she just like watched in horror. Cause I was like, nobody can do it right but me <laughs> like that whole thing wow so i was like that yeah i was like that that is so funny <laughs> always doing stuff like that dang <laughs> it's just it's just wild to think about how like as a child you were just little you yeah for me it's like it's all, all the same, same issues just in a different way oh my god totally and with less you know like responsibility yeah. <laughs> so just that totally but no but it was very clear as a kid uh, yeah and I, I just think like had i grown up in a different culture perhaps some of my issues would have been in check earlier mm-hmm. i also just think i grew up with a single mom and like she just really did not have time to truly pay attention to this like yeah. very anxious child i think a lot of, similarly a lot of stuff was happening in my family yeah well so you had the same thing where it's like if i was getting my homework done everything was like yeah. it seemed like things were fine oh, so totally. like you know yeah why would they what would the signs be right. if your kids has their shit together exactly totally do you um remember your first time going to therapy yeah, well, both the first time I was forced to and the first time uh. I wanted to. <laughs> both. So I was, like, forced to as a kid because, again, of the, like, messy divorce. It was, like, a court-ordered therapist to, like, mm. figure out a custody arrangement. Mm. And so I just walked, like, I was such a little, like, I just walked in and I was like, I'm not talking to you because I already said what I wanted to do and just, like, crossed my arms. Nice. And then when I was in college, I had, like, some other family stuff happen and I... Like, when I literally couldn't get out of bed is when I was like, I need help. Now's the time. (laughs) I need help. And I went to, like, the the mental health, like, Mm -hmm. oh, Vaden, which is the health center, and they, like, have a number of free appointments with a mental health person. Same thing in our school. And I just spent the whole first, like, three appointments just sobbing Mm -hmm. the entire time. All right. And then I got my um, antidepressants and then became numb. Mm -hmm. And then, like, after graduation, I was like, I need a therapist now. Mm -hmm. 
and got a therapist. And then when Victor and I moved in together, I made us go to a therapist because I was like, I know how anxious I am about everything and I want someone to help me figure out if like negative feelings I'm having are anxiety or like issues Mm -hmm. or whatever. That was very helpful. Honestly, like our couples therapist was the best Mm -hmm. and like extremely helpful for me because a lot of issues are much more visible in conversation with another person totally. instead of just being self-reported. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Cause think about, <laughs> think about if that were the case, you're like, well, somebody just doesn't understand something. Exactly. <laughs> like, so it was just like, That's so funny. yeah. Cause then our therapist, her name was Lauren. She could be like, so if you, so do you see how like, you're not actually listening to what he's saying? And I'd be like, but I, but he, but, and she'd be like, do you hear? And I'd be like, oh, fine. Like, <laughs> It's just very helpful and also just like helped me see, see myself more clearly, which is what I wanted. So like, yeah, I'm actually in the market right now for a new therapist. I like stopped going to my old one, not because she did anything wrong. I just like had been going to her for like three years and I was like, feels like it's time to switch it up. Yeah. And get get a new person. And I'm looking for a new personal therapist, but like, I love therapy. I think it's like a person, it's like literally a person you're paying to listen and care about you. Mm-hmm. Not like be your friend. No, but, but like, like care about what attention. you're saying. Yeah, it's for like, sure. That's incredible. It really is. So I, I know the different therapists have different styles and some therapists are like here to like give you advice and yeah. some therapists are just like here to witness and do like gentle prodding yeah. or whatever. But it's so nice when you find someone whose style exactly suits your needs. Yes. So it feels like productive. Cause for me it was kind of like, okay, I'm paying you my hard earned money cause I'm out of network. Yeah. So I have an objective here and let's see if we can like hit the nail on the head or yeah. I'm leaving basically. And so I was like, listen, my head's in the game. We're doing it. <laughs> like when I showed up, I was like, I'm ready. No bullshitting. Let's do it. And I just am, was excited to have somebody who like totally was like able to rise to the occasion. And I'm yeah. like, let's unpack it. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Let's talk about my family, oh I my guess. Head. Like let's drop in. And she, yeah, I, I will say <laughs> one of my first sessions in therapy, like I, I would just go in and just like, I used to keep a list on my phone of what I wanted to talk to her and just like read through the bullet points. And then one day I just saw her furiously writing notes and I was like, sorry, what are you writing in the notebook? And she was like, oh, well I keep notes and I like check in with my other colleagues. And I'm like, can I see it? <laughs> and she made this face like, no one's ever asked me that oh before. And she was like, no. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm doing it right now. Oh my God. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I was like, what are you, are you talking shit about me in your, in your oh notebook? Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was like my third <laughs> session. You're like, don't talk bad about me, bitch. <laughs> Literally. Oh I was like, I already know you're trying it. So oh let's fucking fight. <laughs> and I was like, no, you don't have to do this, April. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but no, my my first session, I just, I found her on psychologytoday.com, which, yeah, I totally recommend. You can just go and put in your, like, insurance, and if you have any specialties you want her to know about and whatever. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of other, like, low-cost options for therapy. Mm -hmm. Almost every major city um, has, like... Uh, therapy or s- mental health centers where you can go in and they'll have like uh, a sliding scale, sliding scale mm-hmm. costs for what you can afford. Or there will be, there's like sometimes places where it's like free therapy. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And like, obviously free resources are like not as fancy yeah. as expensive resources, but they are, they exist and they're great. Also, I've had a couple friends tell me that they really like Talkspace, which is the like oh, yeah. app. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to like a, a psychology department at a mm-hmm. university yeah, and they, they need practice. Training. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a lot of options just because someone's not like fancy and expensive doesn't mean that they like aren't a great resource. Oh no, absolutely not. But also, I mean, when, when I clearly needed to go to therapy but didn't want to i would say that like it's too expensive or it's too hard to find when i just meant like oh i'm not ready to go to therapy yeah, like totally. i'm not ready to deal with like i feel shame about it or i'm not ready to talk about my shit or whatever yeah. so like i totally want to leave space here to acknowledge those people who are there because i was there for totally. 23 years oh my God, totally. <laughs> i didn't want to go to therapy i was like great therapy is for people who need help i'm fine oh my god <laughs> meanwhile it's like we're actually all just like meat sacks rolling yep. around trying to keep our brain on top of our body struggling like, struggling with literally every single interaction is like not just what you're actually trying to do it's like a combination of every interaction you've had in the past exactly. plus what you were all born your shit. with yes <laughs> like i bring all my sacks of baggage with every interaction everything. i'm like you want to leave you want to leave just oh like God, they everything. left <laughs> <laughs> and they're like here's like your this. order ma'am literally that's me at mcdonald's <laughs> don't look at me <laughs> Like, no, I mean, it's like, it's so hard. I see so many of my like Twitter friends just being like, like they'll do a a thread about like their mental health or like what they're dealing with. And then they'll be like, anyways, so sorry to dump this on you. And I'm always like, like, wait, no, no. like it's okay. Totally. And we're all going through it. I mean, I understand the inclination to pretend like you're not, but we are. And if you want to talk about it, I encourage it. And also if you don't want to talk about it, I I get it too. I don't relate to anyone who doesn't have any of this, honestly. Do they they exist though? What would it be like to not? Tweet at us if you're a, a solid, okay person. Exactly. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> no tweet. Everyone, but that's what I'm saying. Everyone's yeah. got their thing, you know? I'm like, don't front. Yeah. So let's get into some of these intersections. Cause of course we got to talk about that overlap here on SAF. Um, okay. So the first one, how does being fat interact with your anxiety? I mean, it's really hard to figure out where one stops and one starts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a big part of my mental health history is like disordered eating. Mm-hmm. That's obviously interacted with like control of your body issues what about you i would say like especially when i was a teenager it was so obviously like a lot of my anxiety stuff comes through with control issues like i've talked about so i kind of thought i can make things go my way if i could control my body like it went mm-hmm. hand in hand kind yeah. of like i thought like oh this person will like me if i look like this i'll yeah. get this jobber this whatever if i look Just like things this will be better yeah things will be better like kind of that whole mindset of like once i unlock the thin person within me i'll have the my real life yeah. and be my real self or whatever and so it was all tied to that and when i could never attain that and i could never stay on whatever crash diet i was on i felt out of control and i felt more anxious yeah. like it was tied in that way And then it also comes out in just, like, like, what we're talking about with all go, like, anxiety about, like, accessibility about my body and about, like, okay, what things am I not going to be able to do because of my fat and how do I not blame my body for stuff that causes me anxiety? Um, Okay, next one I wrote down, class and ADD. 
What do you, I'm you, just curious. Because I will say, so a, a family member of mine who I won't mention because I didn't ask her first also has ADD. Um, and a, for a long time, she didn't get diagnosed just because, like, we couldn't afford therapy. And then when she went to therapy, like, her medication was just so expensive that yeah. a lot of times she had to go without it. Mm-hmm. And then when she did get it, she was like, wow, this is how my brain is supposed to work. Yeah. So I wonder... Like, just if you had any thoughts about that intersection. Oh, totally. I mean, it kind of cuts both ways because as we, like, have talked about before, I am, like, financially privileged. My Mm -hmm. family is rich and, like, can, you know, pay for whatever uh, doctor stuff I need. But it's also just that, like, it took a long time to figure out I have ADD. And for a long time, um, having the, like, all the privileges that I have, like, kind of allowed me to skate by without having to acknowledge how I couldn't do things because mm-hmm. of ADD, my ADD, if that makes sense that at makes all. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just that, like, I wasn't as concerned about, like, having to, like, necessarily sell 10 stories in a week mm-hmm. or else I wouldn't have rent yeah. because, like, my parents could help me. If the productivity was life or death, basically, yeah. that maybe you would have had an answer. I would have maybe answer. known it sooner. Earlier, okay. But, that, but obviously, like what you're saying, I wouldn't have been able to treat it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not like not trying to sound at all like being rich is like a burden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like it definitely allowed me to like just kind of ignore it for a long time because I wasn't forced to like face things mm-hmm. because I was like, well, I'm fine. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Maria, tell me if I sound just like a rich asshole saying <laughs> you, that. I really don't think you do. Because like, here's the thing. What would make you sound like a rich asshole is if you weren't being self-aware about it. Yeah. Like if you were like, what intersection? Everybody, you know what I mean? The blind yeah. spot thing. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, okay, next intersection, I put race and anxiety, question okay. mark. Um, so I would like to talk about... <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. As a white As woman. As a white woman. I, <laughs> yeah, I will say, I, I mean, I'm jealous of white women in that they totally have... Like, I can picture an image from pop culture of a white woman talking about being anxious like in media and Xanax talking moms. about being on Xanax or whatever and having it, having it be fine. But for me, so much of, like, growing up with the whole strong black woman thing really did me a disservice. And then I felt like if I was having a panic attack, like, it didn't align with this person I was supposed to be. So just, like, quickly have your panic attack and keep it pushing. You know what I mean? Like, it, like the media thing and also just, like, the whole societal societal pressure of black women to be, like, strong and, and sort of, like, uh, nurturing to other people but not serving their own interests and needs or whatever. It just kept me from being able to acknowledge my shit. And it it really held me back for a long time. Going to therapy in the black community is still such a huge, like, stigma. Like, really? it's, it, I can't tell if it's getting better. I'm not sure if it is. But it's just, it really is, it's tied to, sometimes it can be faith stuff. It could be, like, pray harder. It could be just a general weakness. It, it's worse for black men, for sure, because it's, like, if you go to therapy, not only are you weak, but you're gay or whatever. There's that. And so it's just, like, Jeez. there's so much to overcome on that front that, like, when you are ready to do it, you're still trying to sift through all that stigma and all that shame and stuff. So something that is exciting to me that I've been seeing recently, as apparently we'll link in the show notes, there's a website called Therapy for Black Girls. And it's like a list of resources for if you want to find a therapist who is a black woman, which I don't have one, but I really want one now. I'm going to use a website. And also just like different resources for trying to fight through that kind of shame of like, it's totally like explicitly frowned upon, but like how can you break through that and go get the help you need or whatever. Um, all right. And then number four, medication and bodies. Yeah. Um, I'm not on any mental health medications. I could be in the future, but not right now. 
I went on antidepressants in college. They exacerbated a lot of my GI issues. I had acid reflux every day to the point where I almost threw up. Really (laughs) was awful. As I said, gained a bunch of weight. I like titrated off of that one last year because I wanted to see like where I was. That's when my night terrors started. So, you know, it's you win some, you lose some. It's lit. And, and also, honestly, my birth control or my, like, hormones are also mental health pills, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, I feel and think and physically feel so different being on, like, my pills than I do when I'm not. Uh, my ADD meds have made it possible for me to take care of my body in a better way. They've made it possible for me to track my eating for my, like... Um, sensitivity stuff. Mm -hmm. They made it possible for me to like set a schedule and go to the gym where I feel better about moving, Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. So it's all, it's all interacting. All right. So my number one question for tying this back to SAF, what are our tips for finding a body positive therapist slash making sure the one you have isn't going to pull some shit on you? I will say, so when the first time it came up in therapy, um, my therapist asked me, we're talking about my body, but not in a way of like, I don't exactly remember the angle, but we're talking about my body for some reason. And then she asked me, well, do you feel like you want to lose weight or you need to lose weight? And I said, no. And then she said, all right, be clear with your therapist. Like, Hey, we're not going to talk about my body in a way where it's like, let's figure out how to lose weight. And yeah. if they're cool with that, you keep it pushing. If they're not, you're out the door. Exactly. Cause that's a space where it's like, I'm here to work on me. I'm like, I deal with enough of that shit in, in the outside world. I'm not going to come to therapy and feel like you want me to lose weight. Like, And if it's, if like body image or like, you know, diet culture or like your feelings about, you know, wanting to be body positive are something you want to work on in therapy, mm-hmm. then y- you can also find some who will do that for you um i think wrapping it up like i just want to give some kind of tips for like asking for help because for me so much of it was just like i have so much crippling anxiety i don't know how to reach out in a way that doesn't make me feel like weak or whatever so like what yeah what are our tips well one thing is i know that I've been, I've had people tell me about experiences in the past where they tried to reach out to me or to other people, Mm -hmm. but they weren't very clear about it because they were doing the thing where they're like, ha ha, I think I need help. Ha ha. Yeah. Oh my God. Please don't meme your depression. (laughs) Like don't do that. For the love of God. But like they're doing it in a very like not clear way. Mm -hmm. And then I, or the other person they were reaching out to like made a joke back or like kind of dismissed it Mm -hmm. or made them feel bad about it because they didn't understand. Like I've had someone tell me that and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I did not have any idea that that's what you were doing. I'm so sorry, which is like partly on me, I guess, for not like understanding, but also like, it's okay to ask for help. I realize that some people may do that because they're, they're not clear totally Mm -hmm. on what's going on, but I just have this fear of people like trying to reach out and then somebody reacts in a way that's not helpful. And then they're just like, great, I'll never do that again. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. I've totally experienced that too. Where you're like, you can read my mind, right? You can't? Oh, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) So I would say like, if you probably have that friend who's always like, well, crying after therapy, Instagram story, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, you will never catch me Instagramming my tears. I'm not that bitch, but I do support those who do. Um, But if you have that person, you could be like, hey, do you like your therapist? And they'll be like, yeah, here's why. Blah. Blah, blah what's mm-hmm. up with you like talking to somebody yes. who's very open about it is good and and I would say like if you're struggling and you want help or if you like want to start working on some things but you're not sure how I would just make a quick little list before any conversation you have where you say like number one write down like some feelings you want to communicate mm-hmm. number two 
write down if you have any way you want to structure the conversation, meaning like if you want to front it with front load it with like, please don't say this or like, please don't tell me that. Um, and number three, write down like something to say afterwards so that you have something to transition to if you're feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's smart. That's really wise. Um, yeah. And for the people struggling to reach out, like I get it. Yeah. You don't have to go today. No, (laughs) it's really hard to go, but I hope you get to the place where you're ready to reach out. And I hope that the people you choose to reach out to are receptive and supportive because you deserve that. Also, honestly, if you think you don't need therapy, you're wrong. Every single person in the world needs therapy. It's so good for you. Activism, which is part of what we're doing here, takes a lot of mental health tolls. We didn't even dive into that. Oh, man. But, like, you know, it's totally okay to be needing some support. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I think that's the meat of it for this week. We've solved mental health. (laughs) You are You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> Jeez. Today's episode is brought to you by Wakandan Cosmetics. Want the glowing, poreless skin of Lupita Nyong'o and Daniel Kaluuya's effortless dew? Try out Wakandan Cosmetics today. Got a bearded loved one? Get them Killmonger's spiteful but hot beard oil. And for the fair-skinned Wakandans in your life, I recommend the Colonizer Concealer. <laughs> If you'd like to become a beloved advertiser, contact us via our website. Thanks. And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to FYI at cheeseoffatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at FYI at cheeseoffatpod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Hi, guys. My name is Hannah. Next March, my cousin, who is also my best friend, is getting married and has asked me to be her maid of honor. And while I'm super excited for her, I've been a little stressed out myself because all I can think about is all of this weight that I need to lose. I think a big issue we seem to be having, you know, she's sending me all of these dresses for bridesmaid ideas and they they tend to be very, you know, tight form-fitting gowns that would look great on her body but not on mine. So I guess my my first issue is just that, you know, how do I navigate this time with her, you know, where I want to be a good and supportive friend and help her vision for her special day come true, but I also want to be comfortable and feel beautiful standing up there next to her. And secondary to that, just, you know, my cousin is someone who I've compared myself to my entire life, where I've always seen her body as like the ideal body of like beauty and sexiness. And I'm just stuck with what I have. And I just feel like it's a time to put it to an end, but I just can't seem to get it out of my head. And I really don't want this to be an issue while we're planning, you know, the special moment for her. So um, any advice you have would be really great. Hannah, Hannah. listen, there's so many relatable things you said. Number one, like, and I'm stuck with the body I have is like the most relatable feeling in the world. Just like like. what I have. Like, that's what I mean about being body positive is like, we can say that all day long, but I also have my moments where I'm like, this is fine. I'm like, and I'm a potato. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Listen, um, number one, you have the cutest voice. 
Number two. I love this, Hannah. (laughs) Number two. Yeah, this is hard. I feel like weddings or big events are like something that we, just as like human beings, we look for kind of options of storytelling, which is like, you know, this big event is coming up and like leading up to it and there's all this stuff to think about and then it'll culminate in this thing and then after it, everything will be different. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so much going on around it for you that like... I'm sure you know this, but just to acknowledge it, none of the like storytelling that we put on around these things is real. No, just a big expensive party. It's just a party. It doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything about you. Um, it doesn't mean anything about your participation in your cousin's life, apart from just like that's you know nice that she asked you to be a part of it. Like you're not going to be 50 years from now being like, and the thing that really happened was Melanie got married and yeah. my life was changed forever. Not at all. Not at all. But I understand the feeling because yes. we live in a society where it's like you gear your first of all we have all these milestones we're supposed to hit and you feel like now is the time she's getting married so you feel like oh no I have that pressure and it's also oh no my body doesn't look like her body when in reality it's like I mean that is the reality like we are living in a culture where those are the pressures but also like it's just a party you can always just be like hey cousin I don't feel comfortable with these dress choices is there something that would be more x y and z is there a way we can ensure that something will be in my size totally Um, Um, And a great way to frame that would be like, hey, I'm so honored and excited to be in your wedding party. I'm so happy to stand up there with you on your special day. I would love to feel super comfortable in my skin when we're doing that. And here's something that could help me with that. What do you think? All you can do is say that. I have heard many stories of people doing that and it goes great. And I've heard many stories of people doing a similar thing. And then the person is like, I don't care. I want everyone to wear these dresses. And then you kind of don't really have any control over that no. all you can just do is be like okay and then, then you then you can have fun with it and like post photos of yourself looking miserable in this like ugly like, dress <laughs> yeah exactly you know? but i hope that maybe she could do something where it's like oh we pick the same color but everyone can pick their own style that they feel comfortable in yeah. i mean who knows every bride is gonna decide how much of a nightmare she wants to be or, yeah or, um, he, I guess, or you, that's true honestly or they like Whoever's getting whatever, married, whoever reel it with in. Bride. <laughs> reel it in. Yeah. What a nightmare. Um, and also, like I talked about earlier in this episode, I totally relate to the feeling of being like, this milestone didn't happen to me because my body looks like this. Yeah. But I think like it's so important to constantly try to remind yourself, like, hey, listen, I have my own body, I have my own journey, I'm on my own path. I'm not gonna check off a box at this time just because person X also did. It ends up being just kind of a blur yes. and a rush and um, hopefully a very joyful one, but like there's just so much more overwhelmingness to the day totally. than than you can expect. You know what I mean? And if you are forced to be uncomfortable in this like uggo dress that doesn't suit your body or whatever, six hours, get through it. Yeah. Go to Taco Bell and afterwards. Like, whatever. Yeah. I think like really the only thing you can do is again talk to your cousin mm-hmm. and then also just like Again, this would be a great opportunity to talk to a therapist and just be like, hey, what are some strategies I can use? Some tools to just like remember that you're on your own journey because it's so hard to be like, yeah, I'm on my own journey, but that person's journey looks great. Yeah. (laughs) But we really got to put in work to like shift away from that because all it does is harm you. Like that's all it does. It doesn't serve you at all. It really sounds to me like you love your cousin a lot and you really want the best for them and want to want the best for them. Mm -hmm. And like, I totally see you and see how hard this sounds for you. You're already approaching this with such mindfulness that um I really hope that you're able to like find a little bit of peace and relief about it 
I don't know. Weddings are hard, but like yeah. after them, I always feel like, oh, that was dumb. Like, like I got so worked up. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there's so much pressure on it. But at the end of the day, it's like, we're going to cha-cha slide. We're going to have a salmon puff. Yeah. We're getting back in the car. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. So keep us posted, Hannah. I hope you get to wear a dress you feel good in. Yeah. And I hope you Cupid shuffle the night away. Exactly. <laughs> That's all we can hope for. I hope that you end up being able to feel super comfortable and beautiful. And if you don't, then I hope you can like you know, make some jokes out of it. Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment Sophie usually dreads, but today she, quote, can't wait to do. (laughs) Well, find out the answers to our burning questions like, so DJ Envy is not a DJ. Or is everyone still mad at the Dixie Chicks? (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) She's taking out the big iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) What I have done this week is I always really stressed about coming up with these questions. Yes. But I took inspiration from a podcast I've mentioned a few times before, Reply All. Mm-hmm. Where they have a segment called Yes, Yes, No, where the two younger hosts, like, who are more invested in internet culture, okay. will, like, explain a tweet to their older producer, who's always like, what is this tweet? And it usually <laughs> okay. involves, like, explaining memes, basically. Mm-hmm. So I took a screenshot of tweets I came across this week okay. that I don't understand. I'm so ready. <laughs> We'll see how many we can get through. Okay, here's the first one I found. Somebody tweeted, when a black woman tells you to, quote, have a blessed day, mm-hmm. those words are all in uh, front capitals, Okay. how long do you have to get out of her face? <laughs> and somebody, quote, tweeted it and said, should have been gone by blessed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Is this a thing? But to me, yes. But to me, it's kind of the same thing as when Southern people are like, bless your heart but they mean like you're ridiculous yeah so have a blessed day meaning you might get slapped and i've only experienced this with like yeah like southern black people okay like my mom wouldn't say something like this but i do kind of understand it which just means like it just means you're pissing me off okay so it's just a like bless your heart kind of yeah thing? okay similar okay here's one all right okay this person tweeted remember when n-words <laughs> would <laughs> Sophie's shoulders get so tense and she says, uh, N word. What am I supposed to do? No, that's what you're supposed to do. What am I supposed to shoulders do? Up to the ears. Oh Just stress. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Oh my god. Remember when Edwards, ending in an A, All right. would freestyle and say shit like, quote, ask Beavis, I get nothing but head. Yes. And then the reply is, it's just funny how you be air tweeting me, put an address on it, if you real. <laughs> and then the reply to that is, if the Phila fits? Phila? F-I-L-A? Oh, Phila, yeah. Fits. And then another reply to the first tweet is, R-I-P big L. Great. I understand nothing here. <laughs> Who's big L? Wait, can I, I take, know. Can I take a look at this? Yeah. Air tweeting me is great for instead of subtweeting, just air tweeting. What wow. does that mean? I think it means subtweet. Okay. Put an address on it if you're real. If the fila fits, is disrespectful. What does this mean? <laughs> fila is just a br- the name of a brand that's not that cool. I don't know who Big L is, though. I wonder if this is, I mean, I don't know who these people are. I wonder if this is, like, a specific lyric of theirs. But basically, it seems like someone's like, hey, remember when people used to do really whack like lines and then this person's like why are you subtweeting me and then someone's like if the fila fits like if the shoe fits like hey i wasn't subtweeting you but you fit the bill and then someone just said r.i.p <laughs> so it okay. seems like they got skewered so this is about 
Something's um, about rapping. This is a style of freestyling that's no longer popular. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, Nicki Minaj used to do this too, where it would be like, I gotta hit them like red bones with long hair. Fuck with me, your ass is grass. Get a lawn chair. Kind of like a uh, pun, like pun heavy rap. Okay, but that's not as cool anymore. <laughs> no, that was very like, yeah, Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne in 2007 were like doing lots of like okay. <laughs> puns, and that's kind of subsided a little bit. So maybe they're calling them out on that. It's hard to know because I don't know who they are. But what does like... "put an address on it if you real" mean? It just means like at me. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm gonna start using air tweeting. That's great. Okay. Okay. Ready for the next one? I'm ready. Okay. This person tweeted: "Can can black boys exist in tracksuits slash puffa jackets?" P-U-F-F-A, without being called roadmen, and someone quote tweeted it and said, never. Okay. (laughs) I only sort of know what a roadman is. Let me quick verify with Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, so this this tweet is saying, can, like, young black men Mm -hmm. wear these clothing items without having racial stereotypes thrown at them? Yeah, that's what they're asking. And this person is saying, like, no. No, unfortunately. (laughs) Okay. Damn. Okay. That's so specific, and wow, I really, I do know that guy. Okay, and then <laughs> I have another one. This one's from Facebook. Okay, ooh, vintage. Okay, this person shared a link from The Root. Okay. And it was, the title is, they said it was private, she said it was on the record. The reality, it's complicated. Ooh. Michelle Obama was interviewed by Valerie Jarrett at BET's HERS leading, oh, BET HERS leading women defined summit. Okay. And then Robin Given, okay, who's yes. a writer for the Washington Post, did a write-up of this interview mm-hmm. and then was kicked out because they said that it was off the record, but apparently that wasn't made clear to Robin Given or something like wow, that. Wow, okay. But the comments underneath it... Okay, right. These are two black women talking oh, back and forth. Okay. Quote, the network had been scooped and then that's where the hurt lay, end quote. Egos, my exact thought before I even reached this portion of the read, but I can't believe folks at BET have the nerve to have egos. It'd be comical if it wasn't so pathetic because in my world, everything about their network sucks. Next person says, they're the raggediest in terms of paying (laughs) producers. First person says, not surprised at all. They continue to perpetuate the slave mentality. Jesus. The second person says, the whole endeavor is hashtag for the culture with the number four, but the wealth is not distributed, so white woman shrugging emoji. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. The discourse is popping on this article. (laughs) So can you explain to me what they're saying? Okay. So I don't know about this particular summit, but I will say BET in general has a bad reputation. Okay. Number one for like shitty content, just like pumping out pure trash and also very little content. So it's a lot of like Tyler Perry movies and stuff and not much new content. And when they do put out new content, they have a bad reputation for like not paying people behind the scenes. But so they're, they're big about like trying to cut corners. They're owned by white people, but like made quote unquote for black people so people sometimes think the content reads as like inauthentic which like i would agree what is they continue to perpetuate the slave mentality the whole endeavor is hashtag for the culture but the wealth is not distributed so white woman shrugging emoji like they had some event and the tagline oh it was bet awards and the tagline was like we got (laughs) y'all like it's like we're doing this for us and like don't you love this black this like black content or whatever. Oh. But then if you read the credits, it's like Richard Stevens. <laughs> like it's like 
it's like the the people who are really making money and the people who are like are the high people. level executives are white people. So people feel like they're just making this to kind of like grab black money really quick, but not really that invested in it. What's the slave mentality? <laughs> Wait, so would you read the part, the, the comment again with that? Not surprised at all. They continue to perpetuate the slave mentality. Maybe this is what they mean. Like trying to get sort of Uncle Tom, like trying to get white approval maybe. Okay, so final question. Okay, I'm ready. Um, are there any things that I've learned from this that I, you could ever see me being allowed to use ever, absolutely outside not. of this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think, yeah, what has happened is you've just encountered a lot of in-community conversations with little context. Mm-hmm. Just try to decipher what's up. An interesting thought experiment. I'm going to think of the same thing, like white stuff that I don't understand out of context that needs an explanation. Yeah, I don't think there is much. I think sometimes you're lying to me about these things. What do you mean? Like, sometimes I'm like, do you really know what dry, not know what dry shampoo I is? I swear to God, I did not know what dry shampoo Like, I've heard people say they were going to use it, but I didn't understand what it was for or how it worked. Like, sometimes I wonder if the reason that black people tweeted us that they love this segment, it's because the whole thing is just a prank on me. You are being very paranoid Like, right if now. it's just you being like, yeah, um, could you explain <laughs> shrimp cocktails to me? <laughs> you're just, like, laughing behind my back like i can't believe she's falling for this i promise you that i'm not doing that okay well it sounds like (laughs) something you would do is all i have to say i didn't think of doing it is what i mean okay (laughs) (laughs) if i had thought of it i would have done it well thanks for explaining those tweets to me i will continue to save tweets that i don't understand perfect (laughs) all right and that's our show be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. This week, we're posting more information, resources, and readings about mental health just for our Patreon supporters. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wortel. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your pods. Bye-bye! Maria's Corner. Maria's Corner. Okay, guys. this We're really going to continue front-loading the show with a lot of bullshit nobody cares about. <laughs> they love it. They love it. <laughs> Do they love it when we just talk about nothing? Tweet at me if you love it when I talk about nothing. And I mean, Maria has to cut out half Usually of it. we cut this down to like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.